On this episode of the Trade Busters podcast, we're going to be talking about implementing the 45 plus DTE income strategy for smaller accounts using MES or micro ES futures. Quick disclaimer before we start, uh, I'm not a financial advisor and everything on this podcast is for informational purposes only and not to be construed as investment advice. Now, I am very excited to be recording this episode. I was actually losing some sleep last night, although maybe that was because of the espresso I had at you know, four o'clock in the afternoon. But um, again, very excited. Uh, the reason is I have always, you know, throughout the course of this podcast and all the content I've been putting out, I have been saying that my strategies are designed for larger accounts with portfolio margin to basically take advantage of the capital efficiency. And recently, I have um, basically said you can try doing it with futures, <clears throat> uh, specifically uh, ES, right? E-mini S&P. Now, some people have brought up micro ES or MES, but um, and, and it wasn't so much that I was blowing it off, but just I wasn't giving it enough attention that I should have. A couple of reasons. Just one, obviously, I trade a large account, so there was never a need for me to dive that deeply into it. And... Um, you know, I was just really busy doing research on my other strategies, right? So this was was not an area of attention for me. So uh, recently, and I want to give a big thank you um, <clears throat> to our very own Sangharsh Agarwal, who I've been in contact with, and he's been following my content. You know, he's one of the other members in the Tasty Trade Options group. And <clears throat> he had been kind of following up with me about his experience trading this one with MES. And again, I, I hadn't paid that much close attention, but he showed me his trade logs, which he has been logging in just like I log my trades and very detailed. In fact, some metrics even more detailed than I do. And, and I finally saw it. He And he made some adjustments that even overcame some of the pitfalls I had just assumed were present, such as the more expensive fees because MES is a much smaller product, right? <clears throat> so again, very excited. Um, big thank you to Sangharsh for you know pushing me to look at this. And uh, just to let you know, I don't trade MES myself. In fact, I don't even trade futures. So this is going to be based on what I have learned just from reading myself about futures and uh, uh, basically anecdotal evidence from other traders who apparently there's a few of you guys out there doing this strategy with ES and MES. So kudos to you guys. Um, <clears throat> but again, thank you for Sangharsh for really uh, diving deep into this and kind of opening my eyes. So MES, micro ES futures. This is one-tenth the size of the ES futures, okay? And just for reference, it's one-half the size of SPY, notionally. And I'll get into that in a second. Now, because it's a future, it's quoted using the strike price of SPX. So it's going to be like 3700 4000 uh, but it has a multiplier of five, all right? So if you have a 3,700 strike price multiplier five, that means the notional size is $18,500, okay? So very small notional because um, also compared to, um, again, one-tenth the size of ES and one-half the size of SPY. And the actual credit amounts are also quoted similar to SPX. So you might be collecting $10, but the multiplier is five. So that'll be $50 in actual credit received. Now the crazy thing, and I, I knew futures were very capital efficient, but I didn't realize, and again, I don't understand fully why, but it is extremely capital efficient. 
Um, and I talk about on portfolio margin, I'm getting maybe 9% down to 6% BPR, depending on the DTE. With what I've heard some of you guys in the forum say, um, using that example of the 3,700 strike, you know, 18,500 notional, the BP is around $380, right? Very little. I'm just going to go ahead and round it up to 400 to be conservative. But 400, <clears throat> that's 2% buying power, right? Relative to notional, which means you're getting 50x leverage. That is an insane amount of leverage. So you're going to be getting a huge amount of return on capital as well. Now, there are obviously risks with that. So we'll touch on that a little bit later, but just know that that is extremely, extremely capital efficient. Now, fees on this are um, about $1.25, $1.27. Again, just was from saying harsh and just kind of off to my, my head, I didn't write down. It's about $2.50 round trip or $2.55, $2.55 round trip. So that is, uh, you know, before I've always said if the product is too small, then the fees are going to be a little bit higher. But again, it, we should always try to work with, right, rather than complain about something, we should work with what we have and do the best we can with it, right? So what he told me was he is trying to get at least 10 points, so 10 MES points uh, or $10, which again, with the multiplier five is going to be $50, okay? So if you think about it that way, one round trip on this trade, two dollars and fifty-five cents, or let's just call it two fifty. Two fifty relative to the fifty dollars collected is basically five percent, right? So you're leaving five percent on the table just from fees. <clears throat> now I think that's about the range of what I think is acceptable. Any higher than that, and you're kind of severely eating into your profits. Now at 45 DTE, you can't quite get the $10 MES points at 5 Delta. So Sanghurst actually pushed out to 60. And uh, either he basically did this on his own accord and his own research or just with my expanded research um, lately where I was talking about multiple DTEs. So, so maybe that was all at the same time. But anyways, if you go out to 60 plus DTE, you are in fact able to get about the $10 <clears throat> at 5 Delta, right? So that is the key, just to push the DTE out. Because I've said in my last episode on the 45 plus, pushing out the DTE gives you more credit per contract. And because of the margining aspect, it actually lowers the buying power. And this may be one reason why the buying power is so low, right? Because at 60 DTE or further DTE, you're getting very far out of the money for five Delta. And so if you're getting that 50 or $10 at least, which is $50 collected, that fee will be 5%. And I think that is acceptable. So I'm going to go through kind of an example here. Um, you want to refer to, now, even though we're using MES, all of the the general win rate statistics, the capture rate, um, uh, the premium capture ratio, those metrics and the things I've been going over in my strategy page and a capital efficiency study, those will mostly apply. So uh, with a few caveats, so uh, if you haven't yet uh, and you want to follow along this episode, you want to go to my strategy page. So go to the, the tradebusters.com or link directly. You can find a link there or my 45 plus DT strategy page and go to the capital efficiency study tab. So I'm going to look at a particular setup, which I myself am trading. There's a number of configurations on here and I'm trading if you go down, at least at this moment in time, it's row 36. It is the 60 DTE and 60% profit target, right? 60% MP. And you can see that the capture rate based on the back test is about 28%. Okay. 
So at 28%, uh, if we just subtract the flat 5% that we're going to lose to fees, that's still 23%. That is pretty decent, right? Because remember, for me, the gold standard is about 25, right? And obviously, if you can get higher, that's better. But if you can get close to 25%, I think that's pretty reasonable. Now, we're going to go through a, a quick example, okay? If you're collecting $50 per entry, per contract, then with 200, and you're doing this every single day, 252 trades a year, you're going to be collecting $12,600 of premium. At a 23% capture rate, your net PL after fees is going to be $2,900, all right? So that's trading one contract every day. But here's the thing. Again, looking at that study, 60-60, uh, I call it. Um, it's going to have an average time in trade or average days in trade of 16 days, which translates to an average book size or number of overlapping positions of 11.4. So if we took that $400 margin that I kind of went over earlier, and again, I'm trying to be conservative and kind of rounding up, that's a margin on average of $4,560, right? So if you're making $2,900 per year on 40 $500 of margin, that is 63% return on capital. That is extremely, extremely high. That's almost double the ROC of what I even usually expect just because of that margin efficiency. So keep in mind, that means less is more. Okay. You don't need to utilize a lot. So at that capture, uh, at that ROC rate, 63.6%, .6%, you only need to allocate 40% of, of your um, account, of your capital on average to generate 25% return on the account. Okay, let that sink in. 40% capital allocation on average for a 25% return on your account. Now, a couple things to keep in mind. There is gonna be buying power expansion due to two factors. Remember, 11.4 is the average book size, but the maximum book size is 17, okay? and some of these details I'm skimming over because this is covered and it's going to be similar to trading the way I do with SPY. So if you haven't, go back and listen to episodes 5 and 24. Those were the initial episodes on the 45 plus strategy. Okay. So maximum book size of 17 at a $400 margin per um, position is $6,800. And anecdotally, uh, what Singharsh told me was he had seen positions almost go to 2x, right? Um, and not get stopped out, but the buying power had expanded. Because for me, I've always noticed on SPY or SPX, right? I'm not pushing the margin that hard. So there was very little expansion before I got stopped out. But because this band margin is so efficient, uh, he told me it expanded about uh, so 1.5x, the original margin, right? So uh, j again, just a quick example, at 17 positions, if you have 400 each, that's 6,800, but if you multiply by 1.5 and they all expand it, this is worst case scenario. If you actually get to a maximum book size and they all expand without getting stopped, right? So 6,800 could balloon to 10,200. So this is the thing to keep in mind. Your average utilization of buying power was 4,500. This could essentially go to 10,200, which is more than double without getting stopped, right? So you need to leave a lot of buying power available. So that's why I kind of suggested the 40% because 40% lets you even double the 80% without running into a buying power crunch, right? You don't want to get that margin call and be forced liquidated. So uh, just keep it low, just keep that in mind. And a couple other things that we 
uh, you know, again, there's a lot of you trading this apparently uh, already. So, you know, give me feedback through your experience. It's liquidity. I don't trade futures myself, so I don't know. And I'm kind of assuming getting into uh, the position may not be that bad. It's really getting stopped out. Um, and on that, um, uh, most brokers I know don't offer stop orders on futures, right? Interactive brokers does, um, but most don't. And so the other thing is, you aren't going to be able to use kind of those GTC bracket orders that I normally use. Um, but it's okay because, or I think it's okay. It's uh, because this 45 plus DT is such a slow moving trade. The gamma is very low. So you could conceivably manually manage this, right? She'll take positions off at the profit target or stop out at two X. So, um, and, and that may possibly be a benefit because again, because we don't know the liquidity of MES, um, well, I don't anyways, having a stop on MES might not be the greatest. Again, if any of you are on a broker that offers stops on MES or ES, um, or actually MES, because that's more focused on, let me know if you have a stop and it triggers and, and how that is. But, you know, if you don't use hard stops and you're managing it yourself, then I think hopefully you're able to get out without too much slippage. So that's kind of the, the big question mark really is the liquidity. Um, but otherwise, if you keep in mind the buying power expansion and just don't push your account too hard, um, I think I think this can work. The numbers kind of match up. So, you know, on that, I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm excited to have more of you guys try this out. Um, start small, right? <laughs> Always start small and and just um, you know, finally to, to have something where uh, people with the smaller accounts can kind of follow along because I know that um, you know, I, I felt a little bit bad. Just I, I feel like as much as I was trying to put out content that was uh, of value or you know added knowledge to to everyone, some of my strategies just weren't applicable. Um, so hopefully, this is finally that thing that can kind of make everyone have a shot. Um, so, anyways, again, thanks to Sangharsh Agarwal to kind of push me to look at this some more, and I'm um, looking forward to seeing your feedback and how you guys. Um, you know how it works out for you guys so all right anyways let's leave it there for today um, as always if you enjoy this podcast please subscribe take a moment to review subscribe and rate it you can find it on most of your major platforms including apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, and spotify you can also find all of my content at my trading page www.thetradebusters.com where you can find my mechanics trade logs essays i've written other podcasts i recommend and finally you can follow me on twitter at the trade buster that's it for today, guys. Thank you all for listening, and I'll see you next time.